Hey, Connie. Hey, Scotty. Nice to see you here. See you. It's so good to be here with you finally on our podcast, What Drives Her. Welcome to the What Drives Her podcast. This podcast is about the women who are changing the automotive industry from the inside. Each week, we will bring you a perspective from another woman in the automotive industry and the things that inspire her, the things that inspire us, and the things that are inspiring the entire automotive industry. Welcome, Connie. It's so good to be here with you. You too, Scotty. Thanks for having me. So what comes into your head when you hear the term, what drives her? Oh, just there's so many things. There's so many different uh, places and positions and roles in automotive. And I always look around and think, how did that woman get into racing cars or how come she's like an on TV personality talking about cars? And I love the stories. I love the stories behind the women. And like you say, what inspires them or, or how did they get started? I think that's that's what I want to hear is how did they get started? What, what made them what they're doing now? Automotive has always been such a mysterious business to me until I started doing this. Um, it's been about 10 years. And before that, to me, a car was just this, you know, big hunk of metal that yeah, it could be fun. It could be lovely. It could be luxurious. It could be very basic. But it, the one thing it never was to me was human. It never spoke to me in human terms. And then when I started meeting women who work in the automotive industry, and I would hear them tell their stories about how they were really having trouble lifting their toddler into a seat. And so they went to work and said, you know, if this seat was just an inch higher, I wouldn't hurt my back. And all of a sudden, all these car, these seats, these bench seats were a little bit higher for better visibility and better and, and less back pain. And to hear those stories from these women inspired me so much. So when I think of, but when I think of what drives her, I think of, not just women in automotive, but women across every sector, every category, every industry who are building a career and building financial stability for their families, building a future for themselves and the things that drive her to do that. That's, that's what comes to my mind. Yes. Amazing. It is. There are a lot of incredible women. I'm really excited to share some of these stories with our audience. Um, I hope that uh, if you're listening, that you will subscribe to our newsletter. You can head over to a girl's guide to cars.com, excuse me, um, or you can look at the comments here and subscribe to our newsletter. Head over to our site, see what we're doing today, and follow along on social media. You'll find us on all the socials and uh, sharing the news that we have every week and uh, cars that we're driving, cars that we're reviewing. And speaking of which, Connie, what have you been driving this week? I have the Mazda MX-5 Miata. And I love, I love it. Obviously, it's a two-seater roadster. It's so much fun. But it kind of cracks me up. I don't understand why in Canada we don't call it the Miata at all anywhere. You, you will not see the Miata badging on the car or on the website or anywhere. But in the U.S., it's still lovingly called the Miata. So I think that's fun. That is so strange mm -hmm. to me, at least. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm with you because I love the name Miata. To me, it sounds like this um, exotic little Italian car, even though it's Japanese. 
and it's based on an English car, but it sounds so exotic. Yeah. And uh, MX-5 sounds like a, I don't know, an international spy outfit, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. It kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds. It sounds like a character in a movie, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So um, so tomorrow I am getting the, you've driven this, the Toyota Corolla Cross Hybrid. Yes. That's my that's my car for the week. So I'm getting that tomorrow. So yeah. I haven't driven that. I'm excited for it. Did you like it? I did. It's a good one. I mean, I only had it for about a half a day. So it's hard to really feel the car and how it would fit your life in a, on a on a short drive event, I feel like. But um, having it for a few days or a week really helps you feel like what how it would fit with your life. And I think that's a big key thing. You know, and I think that's one of the things that we uniquely bring to an audience, uh, people who are, especially people who are shopping for a car or just trying to figure out what is my, what's my car style? What is my car? You know, what's the best car that fits me and fits my life? And, you know, I, you know, that MX-5 Miata is a great little car for certain people in certain places and certain times you know, for, for a mom with a couple of kids or even a, a person maybe who like regularly has a dog and a significant other in the car, a Miata may not really fit the bill. But um, the, that is something that is unique about what we do. And it's unique about what our writers do. And, and that's who we're going to interview today. This Our two guests today are Joe Robbins, who writes for us, and Tia Collier, also uh, one of our writers. And both influencers and on Instagram uh, and writers in their own regard on their own websites. And I'm really excited to talk to Jill. Um, Jill was one of the, in my mind, where Jill uh, really grew as a person, as a human, was when she started writing about cars. And it was something that she sort of uh, took a chance on. She took a chance on us back in the early days, which I'm grateful for. Um, but there was a turning point where I really started to see in her stories um, her voice blossoming and her growing from being a writer to being an automotive writer. And that's something that, you know, anybody can get into a car and go, okay, so I see some nice things and here's the equipment and here are the technical details. But when you start to really hear about how this car makes her feel and how it makes her kids feel and how it becomes dinner table conversation with her with her family and her husband and how it starts to influence her um, her purchasing thinking, um, then you know this is really getting into who she is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to hear more of that from her today. Yes. Definitely. And I loved chatting with Tia. And so what did, um, tell me what about your, why you wanted to interview Tia? Well, I met Tia on an event with you actually back in 2019 and we clicked immediately. We spent an afternoon driving together. Uh, we actually drove, if I remember correctly, a Ram 1500 to lunch. And it was the first time, my first time in a Ram 1500. <laughs> and of course that pickup truck is massive. We went to lunch and then we went to the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta and had a blast driving some Porsches on the track. But me and her really clicked through that experience. And I've also seen her blossom 
these last few years, just going uh, from, I, I want to say lifestyle blogger or writer to automotive, really, I think she focuses mainly on automotive these days, I could be wrong, but I, I loved, I've loved watching her evolve. And so and I love her spirit and personality. So I just love chatting with her whenever I get the chance. And so hearing her story and talking to her was, was uh, fantastic. I love all the different perspectives. And you talk to different, you talk to 20 different women about one car, and you'll hear 20 different things. And they'll all be valid, they'll all be helpful. And they'll all be um, things that you'll think about when you consider that car. It's incredible that um, you don't hear such varied information across all media. You'll kind of hear the, you know, sort of the the chorus of this and that and the other, but you know, all these different perspectives. And I think that's one of the things about being a woman in automotive makes us a little different because we we approach life differently. Um, we have different different responsibilities and uh, different things that we're thinking about. And I always love the the question, you know, a lot of the men like cars with cloth seats. They like cloth seats because the cloth seats really keep you anchored in that seat when you're driving on, you know, curvy roads or around a track or something like that. And leather, I mean, you slide a little bit more because it's slick. And so I always love to ask the question. So um, when you get into a car in cloth seats and you're wearing opaque stockings and a wool skirt, do, do they bunch up around you? Is it hard to get yourself settled in the car and the, get a blank stare from <laughs> the guys? Because they don't have the same challenges that we have. And they don't ask those same questions that we have. And it's hard for them to talk about, you know, not all of them clearly, but many of them, it's hard for them to talk about like, you know, daily preschool drop off and what it's like getting two kids in and out of your car in under like, what what is it they want you in and out of that, that drop off line in like a, a minute or two mm -hmm. because you're holding up traffic, right? And they've got school. So they want you to like get your toddlers in and out of that car super fast. And how do you do that? And that's something that I think just most of the mainstream automotive media never thinks about. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that brought me to automotive. What brought you to automotive? Well, I was the, I was a mom blogger, so to speak, I guess. That was an accurate description. And the car brands wanted my audience. They wanted Canadian moms uh, to see me write about and talk about cars. So I started doing cars Oh, I think it was 2014 probably. And then I was ready to move on from mom blogging. My kids had grown a little older. I was tired of talking about car seats and strollers. And so I wanted to sell my site. And then uh, you and I were on a drive trip together. We drove the all new Acura back in 2018, I think that was. Uh, we drove together and I said to you, I'm, I'm, I'm selling my site. I'm I'm done with mommy blogging, but I love automotive. I still love doing the car stuff. And at the time I wasn't doing it consistently. It was just here and there, um, but obviously already doing drive trips and so on. But uh, told you, I said, I'd love to write for you, Scotty, because I do love the automotive stuff, even though I'm done with the mommy blogging stuff. So that was really how uh, it was an evolution of just 
writing occasionally about cars to just doing more and more. And then during the pandemic, I, I, I lost a lot of my marketing clients because pandemic and I was still getting press cars. So that's when I started video because I had more time on my hands and I thought I have, I have no work to do today, but I have a car in the driveway and it's a pretty cool car. So I'm going to go shoot some video with it and just see what happens. And so that's how it evolved into becoming um, more video and less writing. And Connie, you can find Connie on her TikTok and Instagram. And what is that? XO Connie Peters. XO Connie Peters. So not only on A Girl's Guide to Cars, but also on our own channels. I'm so inspired that not only did you, you you've been a, a super constant force here with us, but that you love it enough to do your own as well. And that's amazing. And that's, I find that inspiring. Okay. So you said, you said we were on a, on a drive event. Tell, tell our audience really quickly, what is a press event or like a press trip or a drive event for right. automotive journalists? Yes. So when uh, a car brand has a new model or a refresh model, they will invite a group of journalists and writers to uh, a location, usually a hotel somewhere nice. And then we spend the day driving the car. So we'll spend usually an entire day, sometimes a day and a half, sometimes even more, depending on the car and how many models there are. And the journalists break off in groups of two, generally speaking, and we just drive, spend time in the car driving. And we'll generally do, I would say 200 plus kilometers in a day. I'm sorry, I don't know how many miles that is. Probably, I don't know, 150, 180 miles, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we spend a lot of time in the car with the car. We'll generally get a presentation or a walk around with the product experts. They'll have uh, not only uh, PR people on hand, but they will have designers, product experts, um, engineers sometimes. And what's cool about that is getting that not only the time in the vehicle, but that firsthand uh, information from the person who designed that feature or designed the car from the ground up, or redesigned engineers talking about tech and everything, everything about, that you want to know about that car, that refresh model is, is on hand in that day or two event. And then we all leave and go home and write about it. Or in my case, in our case, I know you as well. Always, we shoot video with the car as well. Right. Yeah, it's important uh, for people to understand. That, you know, this is how this industry works. This part of journalism works. We have to go to the cars. The cars. Sometimes the cars come to us. So, I mean, we get. They do bring test cars for us to drive and write about, shoot video. It's nice to have it for a week. It's also nice to have it all compacted into like a day and a half because then I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> then the, you know, the, the experience part is done. Then all, all I have to do is edit the video, write the story, edit the photos, get it up on the site. So it's a, it's a, a big part of what we do, but I noticed um, it's interesting in all of the interviews that we did with our journalists, uh, with the writers for our site, everybody talks about the intimidating part of going to an event and what it's like because this is a world that traditionally was mostly men and often very engineering focused or very technical and we go to these presentations we want to take away what it's like to live with this car in your driveway every week not the technical details behind the braking system or the suspension 
So, you know, we, our takeaway is very different. So with that, I'm going to introduce our first guest. Please welcome Jill Robbins. So thanks for joining us today to talk about what drives you when it comes to reviewing cars. So just a little background, Jill and I have known each other for a pretty long time, I think almost about 10 years. Um, we met back in the blogger circuit back in the day. And uh, when um, everybody and their mother was a blogger, and some of us have stuck to it, uh, creating content. And Jill is one of them. Jill is a travel blogger. Her site is called Rip Jeans and Bifocals. And she focuses on family travel with her husband and her two sons, and then also her older daughter and her daughter's family. And I love seeing your stories, love finding you on Instagram. You. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into uh, telling your story on digital media. I've been blogging for about about 10 years. I think I met you right um, when I was getting started, but I'm based out of San Antonio, Texas, although I'm usually somewhere else. Uh, but um, like like Scotty said, I live here with my husband and my two 13-year-old sons. And uh, I started I started blogging um, probably like a lot of people that um, that started like circa 2014 or around that time, sort of by accident. Um, I, I started an adoption blog to sort of uh, be my online journal for um, our adoption story. Um, my husband and I uh, responded to being empty nesters by adopting two kids. And um, we went from being um, a household of two to a household of five uh, within 11 months. And it's as crazy as it sounds. But that's kind of what prompted me to start uh, recording, um, you know, sort of the the day to day having to do with that. Thinking nobody that didn't know me in person uh, would ever read it. Uh, I, I didn't know that blogs existed um, for anything outside of adoption. Uh, I just I thought that was something you did when you were adopting a child. Uh, and then I, you know, started started looking on the internet uh, more, and I, I saw that it was sort of a big place. But anyway, uh, that sort of segued into some freelance writing, and I've uh, bounced back. Uh, between um, blogging and freelance writing for about the, um, the last 10 years or so. I have my my foot in, in both worlds and with the uh, you know, ever-changing landscape of digital media, um, I think that's that's a good spot to be, um, you know, just to sort of keep options open. But I, I enjoy both. I enjoy running my own site and social media and then um, writing for other sites like A Girl's Guide to Cars. But um, I never thought it would be um, a job, a revenue stream, a profession. Um, it was just sort of something I did um, that was kind of like a scrapbook online. So it's uh, it ne has never stopped surprising me. Well, your your stories are incredible. I love, oh, I always love reading your, your um, you. stories and uh, following you on social media. And I really love that over the last few years, you have found your voice in automotive. <laughs> and automotive, for those who are not super fans or enthusiasts of automotive, can be a very difficult space for writers to find a comfort level. Um, it's easy if you're a fan of cars, but if you're not a car fan, it could be hard. Um, so tell us why you wanted to write about cars. What drew you to the subject? Um, I, I never saw myself writing about cars, even like 
even five years ago, if you had told me I'd have, um, you know, an auto uh, automotive byline um, or be able to call myself an automotive journalist, I would have, um, you know, no. Uh, it just didn't sound like anything that was um, within the realm of possibility or even my interest level. Um, and like most everything um, else, um, you know, that's happened in the last 10 years, it was sort of by happenstance. Um, I fell into it through, it, it was kind of a segue with travel writing um, and uh, road tripping and what's the best car for a road trip. Um, you know, what features in a car uh, make it make it more comfortable to, to be on a, a long drive, um, you know, with my and my kids were pretty young at the time. They were in, probably in first or second grade. So, you know, what what makes it what makes or breaks the, the car part of the equation when you're going on a road trip with with kids. And uh, that's that's how it kind of started. Um, and that's kind of where it sat for a little while until I started working with the Girl's Guide to Cars more and uh, more fully explored the, the other aspect of, you know, what, what happens um, in a car and what car consumers are interested in knowing about. It's interesting the way that uh, you, you mentioned um, traveling with your kids and how your family fits in the car. And I, um, that's a really important space that we occupy, but we can actually be kind of a lonely voice. It's funny to think of it that way because so many people who spend time in cars, spend time with their kids, with their significant other, with their yeah. family. And, and uh, so little of the coverage is really focused on that. It's really more about the performance and the engine, you know, kind of what you're getting for the money, which yeah. I totally understand. But the uh, to me, the lifestyle in the car is also what you're getting for the money. So, um, but that that leads me to my next question. We're kind of the, often we're the lone voice representing a, a pretty broad spectrum of consumers. And um, that lone voice often translates to being the only one in the room when we go to automotive events. And so um, tell me how that feels when you go to say a test drive event or uh, an educational event or a press conference or something mm -hmm. like that. And of the journalists there, they're either you're the only woman or you're one of the very few. What does that feel like? And how do you overcome that intimidation factor? Because that's a tough one. It, it is. And it was, um, it was something that really surprised me. Um, you know, I, I've always, you know, felt pretty confident in myself, especially in the professional space. And I have, I, I've been to, um, you know, more auto events than I can, can, you know, bring to mind right now, which is a good thing. But I can recall two of them um, where I felt really um, out of my element and, um, you know, just, just, um, you know, like a really tiny fish in a big pond. And one of them was a, an auto press event where um, I was one of two women and the other woman was, um, she was part of a husband and wife um, re review team, but I was the only independent, um, you know, journalist there representing an outlet. And this was, um, it was, I know what it was, it was in early 2020 before everything uh, completely shut down. And I mean, that really wasn't that long ago, even though it seems like it was an age ago. But um, that was, I, I know that the, in, in talking with the, my, you know, male counterparts, they were really surprised that I focused on uh, lifestyle and things like the interior of the car and the comfort and the functionality. And uh, 
one of them had approached me while I was doing like a walk around video and, um, you know, taking videos of the trunk and talking about, you know, what Costco stuff and, you know, our weekender bags would fit. And he was like, is that what you do? And he was really sweet about it. And, um, you know, that was, that was a great, um, a great auto event, uh, very memorable because everyone was really nice. Because uh, I went in and I saw these these gearhead guys, and uh, I was really intimidated. I was like, "Why am I here? I don't belong here. I don't. I, I don't know how to, to speak the language." But um, I was just I was myself. I didn't um, you know try to be a gearhead and talk gearhead talk. And um, I was me, and they were them, and we maybe both learned from each other. And then there was some kind of um, uh, like social event where there was a pie in the face uh, throwing um, contest. It was kind of like a, a fair food theme thing. And none of these guys on my team wanted to go up and get their um, hair and face messed up by potentially, you know, catching a pie full of whipped cream. And I was just like, oh, for heaven's sakes, you know, we're standing here talking about it. I'll, I'll just go and do that. And they're just like, really chill. Uh, so that was a really good positive experience. And um, I, I, I can think tell you're a boy mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just like, come on. And, um, you know, I, I'm fairly girly and I care about, you know, messing my makeup and my hair up. But I was just like, come on, you know, it's like, it's a little dirt's not going to hurt. You know, it's like, it's whipped cream. Come on. Uh, but it was, that was really fun and really positive. And then I had um, an experience at an auto show uh, that wasn't uh, quite as positive. Or it was one segment um, where I, I overheard um, some um, more seasoned, we'll, we'll go with that word, uh, male journalists talk about, you know, all these women and all these bloggers, uh, you know, that were kind of invading their space. And I was in a in a, like an SUV with them. We were being ferried from our host hotel to an event. And, uh, you know, they had made their, um, you know, feelings quite, quite clear without, you know, reading the environment that they were in. And then one of them turned to me and said, and, and what do you do? And I was just like, I'm one of those girl bloggers. Um, and they didn't have very much to say, um, you know, <laughs> after that point. Uh, but, um, you know, I, in my experience, um, you know, the amount of women um, is definitely, um, you know, increasing at, at the events. The last one I went to was in, I think it was in June. Um, I would say it was probably at least a third of the of the media were, were female. And, um, and then it was, it was a, it was a Jeep. It is changing and it's good. Um, it was a, a Jeep event and we did a We'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure, because I have a lot to say about it. It was it was a very defining sort of car moment for me. But, um, you know, we had trail guides, you know, out on the rock formations that we were, you know, driving on. And one of them was, you know, a young woman. So, you know, in all facets of automotive and everything, I mean, we're, we're here. Um, and, um, you know, you know, maybe the female voice is a gearhead getting excited um, over what's under the hood, or, or maybe it isn't. Um, and, you know, cars are for everybody. And the average, I mean, you know, aside from like really urban areas, everybody has a car, um, you know, and at some point, everybody needs to go out and buy a car. Everybody's a consumer. So, I mean, there are so much, so many more facets to uh, what what you're looking at when you when you buy a car than you know what the horsepower is 
Uh, yeah, it's confusing. There's a, there are a lot of details. There's a lot of technology. There's a lot to consider. And choosing the wrong car is a big risk because you can get overwhelmed and say, well, forget it, forget it. I don't care. I don't want all that. And then you find out that your phone is not compatible and you don't have navigation or, you you know, there's just, you know, things that uh, that if you just paid a little more attention to your time in the car would be fantastic. And it's, and you know, you can fall in love with a car and, and have this amazing car and great experience and still not have everything you need. And so yeah. that, that's why we're here. That's our mission is to help you help everyone be a smarter car buyer. So let's jump into your point about Jeep, though, because is that uh, my next question? What have you learned about yourself um, since you started writing about cars? Yeah, um, I learned I'm a badass. That's what I've learned. Um, <laughs> not that I love it. To do that, but I did. Um, you know, and I, I am probably never going to be a, gear, a gearhead. Um, I am probably never going to be, you know, the average motor motor trend um, subscriber. Uh, never say never, but um, I don't see that in the car. The cars for me. Uh, but, um, that, that Jeep event was amazing and I'm getting a Wrangler, um, you know, at, at some point, um, it's not my time to buy a car right now, but I mean, I, I learned, um, you know, you, you can apply this to, you know, any area of your life. I, I learned I can do stuff behind the wheel that I'm, I was a little bit scared to, you know, drive a, um, brand new Jeep that did not belong to me, you know, up, up a rock, um, to where you know, I was, at, I was in line, literally like up a rock. Mm -hmm. uh, I was literally, I was, I was at an incline, and I was, I, I, I was at the wheel, and I could see sky uh, through the sunroof. And um, you know, I was relying on you know some person I had never met to, you know, I, I, and I, all I could do is hear you know his commands and you know, go this way, go that way, do this. And, you know, some of it sounded like, do what? Uh, you know, no, that, that like defies all my logic. Um, but um, it was, it was a scary, exhilarating experience. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, going to make me go out and drive race cars, although I have driven on a racetrack before a couple of times. Um, I had that experience too through auto journalism, but, you know, it's probably not going to make me go out and race stock cars on the weekend. Uh, but it's, um, you know, I, I've done things that are outside of my comfort zone. And I think I think that is that is good for me, um, especially as I get older um, to to continue to challenge uh, myself or move the boundaries. Uh, that's that's good for for me in, um, you know, so many facets of my life. And it uh, it spills over into other areas too. And it, you know, it doesn't mean everybody should go out and be a daredevil and drive up rocks, but um, for, right. for me, it's meant, uh, you know, being able to um, push my boundaries a little bit. And um, I, I can't wait to have a Jeep because I'm going to get one. <laughs> well, that's Jeep. Will you be told, you told you me that. like in 2019 that I should, that I should have a Jeep. So um, it's, taking me a while, but, um, well, but, but now I'm really on board with it. Um, you know, back four or five years ago, I was just like, okay, Scotty, you know, that sounds nice, but now, <laughs> now I should have a Jeep. I'm with you now. But once you have that experience, once you have a great experience with a car, it really changes your perspective, whether it's driving off road or driving on a track or just going in and negotiating and getting everything that you want and need and not feeling victimized. And uh, yeah. you know, a great experience with a car 
is a phenomenal thing. It really changes your perspective. And a bad experience with a car also changes your perspective. Um, so let me ask you this, because you have been writing a lot about electric cars, about plug-in yeah. electric hybrids. You've been having those conversations, I know, at your dinner table. So what advice would you have for someone who's in the market for a car right now? I would say to really know what you want in a car and uh, and what you need in a car. And that's going to, you know, require some sort of, you know, lifestyle assessment, um, you know, especially if you're, you're thinking about going electric or a hybrid, you know, how, how are you, are you going to be able to do that? You know, what's your infrastructure like where you live? Uh, if you're going to be sharing the car with somebody else, if it's not going to be, you know, your car, obviously there's some, um, you know, meeting of the minds or compromise or consensus or, you know, coercion or, you know, however it goes at your house going on. Uh, but to know what you want, to know what you need. Um, and I would also say to, you know, kind of own what you need. Um, you know, if you, if you need your car to be blue or if you want your car to be blue, um, I have never bought a car for, for, for frivolous reasons or, um, or for fun. I've never included the fun factor in, in driving, um, in our car purchases. It's always been very practical, uh, very needs focused. Um, and, and people, when they're buying their cars, they're at different points in their life um, or have different, you know, things and budgets to consider. I mean, I, I am at a point in my life where, you know, the fun factor can, can be there. Um, and I'm okay with it being there. Um, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, I wouldn't have been okay with it or wouldn't have been able to, you know, that, you know, that just, wouldn't have been a possibility, but, um, you know, to know where you're at, where you're going, um, you know, in the next, however long you foresee as the, the life of your car, you know, I would say probably look at the five years down the road. Um, and, you know, are you planning a move? Are you planning to, you know, move, move somewhere, you know, ultra rural, um, you know, and, you know, I think that would, you know, definitely have an impact on somebody, you know, wanting to go, um, you know, all electric, um, but, um, and I, I would also say, look at your non-traditional car, car sources. Um, I've been looking at Jeeps on Carvana. Um, you know, I've, I've looked at like the Costco auto buying plan. Um, there's probably a lot of other, a lot of other things out there. I see, um, I can't remember what it is, but they're always in my social media ads. Um, you make the deal yourself. I can't remember. Oh yeah, right time. Drive yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not saying I, I've never used any of those alternate sources. You know, usually you go to a dealer or you, you know, buy it off of, um, you know, somebody, somebody, you know, um, or that's, that's what I've always done. You know, even used cars we've bought, um, I think through dealers, but um, I, I would, I would really know what, what you want and what's important to you. Um, ideally you're going to have time to buy your car. Um, you know, although, you know, life isn't always, um, you know, going to, going to give that to you sometimes that, you yeah. know, things happen and you, you need to replace your car and you need to have it, you know, next week. Um, you know, so that can sometimes, um, you know, spur on, you know, an, an unwise purchase with cars and everything, if you have to buy them in a hurry, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's odds that, you're not going to, you're not going to love what you buy. Um, but um, I, I think it's okay to, um, you know, to like what you like. I think aesthetics, you know, you know, if you're 
just out of college and getting your first job um, and you're on a limited budget or if you have $5,000 to, you know, get a ride that's going to get you through the next 12 months of getting a kids to school, maybe aesthetics, you know, isn't going to be, you know, the, 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 the top, you know, want, but I think, you know, it's, it's okay to, to like what you like and want what you want. Um, and, you know, that's such a good point because I feel like, um, when I was, when I was buying my first car and the two questions I had were, what, what are my color options and where do I put my purse? And I was shamed by men who are like, that, that's not important. It's not important to know where you put your handbag. It's not important to it's know. Like the, like the outlets and the, you know, how many, how many USB ports does it have? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to know that because I have two kids with devices and a husband with a device and, you know, me and if we're on a trip together, we're probably carrying something else that needs to be charged or plugged in. Um, yep. So that, and, and cup holders, that's not a silly question. It's um, not, those are not silly questions because that's, that's how we live in our cars, but you know, color is important. It makes you happy. Color makes you happy. It's one of the most impactful things to your um, to your mood is color and light and hue and tone. And uh, that's important. And so, you know, if my, my only choices are silver or black, like what a boring world that is. I, and it's not, those are not happy colors. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I, uh, when I lived in England, I had, uh, it was kind of an elevated hoopty. Um, it was a European make uh, Volkswagen Polo and it was a nice blue color, but that was sort of a temporary car situation for me. All the cars that I've bought um, in my adult life have been silver or white. And that is that has something to do with the fact that I live in a really hot climate and white cars do well in a hot climate. And mm -hmm. my um, dad told me that when I was buying my first cars, you know, white cars in Texas are good. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, we have two cars in our driveway right now. One is like a really light metallic gray, uh, silver, and the other one is white. And uh, it's boring. Uh, and I, I, I like I, go for, I could go for white. I like white with the black accents. I love white with a black grill and black wheels and you know all the black details. I think that looks really sharp. I'm a fan of white cars. We have a silver car and I wish it was a different color, but it's what I we just, got. I, I, I figure if I'm buying my next car, you know, that's that's want based, I can have you know, paint color be, you know, in the, in the top five. And I'm looking at buying a used Wrangler, Wrangler. Well, look um, at the Tuscadero pink. <laughs> I don't know about pink, but I, I can't remember what the new blue color is on the, um, the, the Jeep has, but um, I like the Toyota's uh, voodoo blue, the, 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 the forerunner. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't, is it the forerunner or the, um, can't remember what yeah. their, their truck is called. Uh, but I really like that, that sort of blue, that, that, that like, it's not a crazy blue, but it's definitely like a Royal blue. Yeah. Um, and I really like, I like the yellow uh, too, but I just, I'm ready for fun. And I've, I've, I feel like I've earned fun. So I think you have, that's where I'm at. Have. Well, I'm excited to hear that there's a Jeep in your future. Yeah, uh, if you, I'm serious though. Um, I've, I've been looking at used ones because, um, you know, that it, it would be sort of a second dish, you know, car mm -hmm. and, um, 
you know, just, just price-wise and fuel economy and other things, um, we're looking at probably, you know, a 15 to an 18 uh, model year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you know, if you, if you see one <laughs> in a parking lot, you yeah, remember. Absolutely. Well, you know, we do have a shopping widget on A Girl's Guide to Cars now. So you can click on uh, almost any story that we've published in the last, well, we, the widget is on, the, it's at the bottom of every story now. Not okay. every story, but most of them, anything that, any story that we've published in the last like couple of months, it oh, should okay. be at the bottom of the story. Yes, we partnered with True Car. We haven't published a story on it yet, but we will do that. And, uh, but yeah, we have a shopping widget. So you can click on the, uh, the shopping widget at the bottom of our story and uh, see, uh, start your shopping there with uh, the listings on TrueCar. The, the internet already knows that I'm looking at Jeeps because I see like Jeep ads all the time in my social media <laughs> yeah. my bar. And it's definitely like made me uh, super aware um, when I see them on the road and in parking lots and stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think I've, I don't think my husband is excited about it but he's not like negative about it. Um, you know, and like, like most crazy, I've, I've had really crazy <laughs> ideas before and um, he's uh, ended up telling me that, you know, that ended up being a good decision and I was right. So I see that as, is just a, another instance of, of this. And I but once he up. learns, once he learns to off-road, he's going to be thanking you. <laughs> I, I just, I think, I think, I think we would really have fun with it. Um, and um, you know, that's a new adventure for yeah. the family, though, too. The Think about the places you can go that you can't hike or drive a regular car uh, that the Jeep will take you. I think that's so. after, you know, rubbing elbows with Jeep people and talking to, um, you know, the, the Jeep uh, staff folks. That's, you know, I never thought of that as, as being an asset to be able to get someplace that I couldn't otherwise go. So that, yeah. that I'm sort of an adventurous person to a point and uh that sort of like sealed it for me i was like oh (laughs) that's awesome well jill thank you so much for spending a little time with us absolutely love working with you uh your byline on our channel and seeing your content show up in our social media feed and so jill's Stories will continue to publish on A Girl's Guide to Cars. You can also find her over at ripjeansandbifocals.com. And that's also her social media handles. I see you on Twitter, on X, I mean, every oh, day. No, we're not going down that road. <laughs> and uh, uh, yes, on Instagram. Instagram. Are the big ones. Yeah. So, but thank you for joining us, Jill. It's great yeah, to see thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you too, Scotty. Hopefully in person um, sometime really soon. Yes, I hope so too. Absolutely. And with that, I would love to welcome my guest today, Tia Collier. So welcome, Tia. I'm so excited to talk to you today and see you virtually today. Hopefully we'll see each other in person soon. Maybe be drive partners on a trip one day soon. That would be amazing. So fun. Yes. And that's actually how we met, isn't it, Tia? We met on a oh, yeah. body back in November of 2019, and yeah. we drove together for an afternoon or a day. But, yeah, like- we're Atlanta. Okay. Oh, and we had, but I probably think we probably would not have bonded had we had not had time, like dedicated quality time. 
We spent the day in a Mercedes-Benz GLC, and we drove to the Porsche Experience Center together. Yes. In Atlanta, we had lunch together that day. That was such a so good day. Yeah, we got to eat together and sit up and gab and talk and be like, oh, "I love you already." Yeah, yes. it was amazing, and that's how we met. And here we are. We met doing car stuff, and we're still doing car stuff. I love so that. that brings me to my first question. Why did you want to start writing about cars? You know, I love things that help people get to wherever they're going next, right? So if it's like an adventure or if it's something else or if it's a book and cars just kind of was a natural evolution of something I was already doing. And then once I got into it, I was like, oh, and it's never boring. Like it's never boring. It's always different. And like it's like modern craftsmanship you know and that's the part i like that's the good stuff for me so i'm like wait tell me your story tell me why that's the way that is you know that's amazing i love hearing that and so i find that it can be quite intimidating to go on a press drive or a or a car event or a reveal event when the majority of those other in journal journalists in attendance are men. And I can I, I find sometimes this space can be intimidating. And I'm just curious how you get past that or if you feel that way as well. You know, I taught school for a bunch of years before I started automotive. Um, so there's always a case of nerves, you know, not so much about the gender difference, but more about am I ready? Do I know all I need to know? to be able to do this. Right. Once I get past that, it seems like that is something that's universal amongst us, men, women, anybody, it doesn't actually matter. It's fine that it's more in my head. And then I look and find, I look for the people who are open, you know? That's such and, a good attitude to have. You know, I look for the people who are open because otherwise you'll sit in the back of the reveal You'll miss out the opportunity to ask your questions and you won't get good pictures. Okay. Because somebody's head the back of their head or the top of their head will be in front of where your camera needs to be. Yes. So now I've learned my lesson. Okay. If I've got a true case of nerves and I've like, you know, the butterflies are all floating around, I go right in front. I get right up in front and I sit down and before you know it, the music's on, there's usually some good bass to it and the lights are changing and the energy picks up right I, yes. I don't have time to sit and worry about whether i'm ready i am ready because i'm already in the room so right. let's I, roll. Love that. I love that tia and what have you learned about cars from your time as an auto journalist oh my gosh oh my gosh so much my first car review <laughs> i wrote about a RAV4 and I wrote about that sucker like it was a couch. Okay. So <laughs> I talked about it like it was a piece of furniture because I had come from luxury interiors. I didn't know any different. And I've learned that even the parts I have zero clue about, okay, like zero. There is somebody whose job it is to be an expert in that. And they will break it down for me like Barney style, right? So what? we're I love that Barney style. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm in mom mode, right? Yeah. They'll break it down for me so that I get it. But the thing I like the best is there's a story with it. 
Like every tiny little bit has a story from why the color is named that to what kind of lining they put inside of the window to whether or not that car has hose downable floor mats. There's a story there. So all I have to do is just pick my story, like whichever one I want to run with. And that cars are like, they stopped being just cars. I don't know when that happened. Like they became like an extra living space somehow, like an extension, you know? Yes. I love that. Like a people's lives. So true, especially for moms, I feel like. Lip balm. It's like the car. When it's good, it's really good. And you're an evangelist, right? You're like, girl, you got to try this. Okay. This one did, did all the things. It's like that with the car, right? Oh. Like, I mean, you're like, let me tell you, you got to sit in that car. You got to sit in it. And that's what it's like. I'm finding the more I learn, the little bitty tidbits, it makes me feel like that. Yeah. And I become, I don't want to say the crazy car lady, but. I'm that person, okay? And I'm like, you gotta try this. It's getting to where, like, I'll tell my neighbors, I'm like, come look at this puddle light. Come look at it. And they're like, hmm. they're like, okay, so we like that one, this one, that one. Hey, can you turn the headlights on? And you know, you're all doing it. I'm like, do you know this has 64 pixels? And you're like. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I love your energy. I love the way you love to share the information that you're learning and the story. I love the way you say it. it's all stories. I love that. Oh, thank you. This is the fun part though. Yes, this is the fun part. So uh, what have you learned about yourself since you started writing about cars? You can do, you can do new things. You can do new things. New doesn't have to mean scary. And scary doesn't have to mean bad. It can just mean you got things to learn. There are so many spaces where I had not, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if this is what I'd be doing today, I would have looked at you like you had sprouted horns and been like, what are you talking about? I had no idea, mm -hmm. but I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned that I do get to take up space that my opinion um, is my opinion, but it matters mm -hmm. and it's valid and that it speaks for more than just me. It speaks for other moms. Um, I've learned that I have the ability to uplift people and that that feeds me. I've had, I've learned that you can do hard things, hard yes. things, can be good yes and that who you become on the other side is somebody you didn't even you didn't even know but she's amazing and i can't wait to see who i get to become next you yeah. know yeah like There's something new a new adventure around the corner right can you right can you remember remember 2019 and we were there we had just both come from other forms of lifestyle mm -hmm. and we had like met at that spot that's mm -hmm. where we met each other. And looking back on that time now, could you have even charted this path? No, no, not at all. I mean, I watch yours and I'm like, go, go girl, go girl. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you did it, you did the thing. And it's more than that because 
what watching people like you, who I do consider friends, shows me that I can. Yes. You know, there's so much I don't know how to do yet, but that is possible. You yes. know, that, yes. that is possible. Or to listen to my kids talk about me and they describe what I do and they're like, yeah, my mom's an auto rider. And people are like, what's that? She writes about cars, she drives them, she tells a story. She gets really sappy about the story. She pours lots of coffee. And they say stuff like that. That's what my youngest says. Adorable. And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I hear my daughter say, well, you know, it's not really something that was there before, the way she did it. But I I guess you can just make your own space to know that that's possible. Who would have thought? Like, it's, you know. That's a good thing. We get to make our own space. Yes. Like, like game on, y'all. Game on. I love it, Tia. And do you have any advice for car buyers? Oh, yeah. Okay, one, whatever your budget, you are going to be able to find a car you love. Whatever it is, figure out your budget. There will be a car you love. You won't have to sacrifice function and all of that and beauty. There is a car in your price point that will make you smile. Yes, I totally Just agree. For I it. Someone the other day about there aren't very many bad cars out there now. Yes. All good. They are all good. They all have yes. great function. They're all great to drive. And, you know, some are more fun than others. But like you say, uh, your budget, you'll find something great. You will find something great. You know, the safety tech is there. There's so many companies now that aren't saying that that's a luxury thing. So that means stay in your budget, okay? Mm -hmm. Don't price yourself out. Get something you can't afford. You're stretching to do it. No, it's not even necessary. Find your budget and then go find your car, you know, and then buy for the life you have now. So, you know, if you've got three kids and you need like that middle row to like move out the place, Hey, kitty. Um, then, okay, get it. Get the car you need. And yeah. then that way you don't have, um, what's that? When you don't love what you bought? Buyer's remorse. Yes. Yes. You know, get get stay in your budget. Get the car you need today for today. And then when you're ready to go on to next, trade it in, you know, or even consider leasing. And then go on to next. But yeah. There's not a, for every budget, there is a car for you. Yes, that is fantastic advice. You're absolutely right. I totally agree with you, Tia. It was so nice to see you and it was so nice to have you on here. And I, like I said, I really hope we get the chance to be on a trip together again, a drive trip together again, so soon, maybe 2023 even. We'll just put that out there in the universe and see what happens. You know what? It has a way of working out, don't it? It, does. it really does. Oh, yay. Awesome. Thank you, Tia. Thank you. Wow. You know, I love hanging out and chatting with Tia. I feel like every time I'm on the phone with her, I could be there all day. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So she said something, though, that um, that really strikes home with me. And that is that her opinion matters. 
And I think that as women, because so many women are not car enthusiasts, we're not gearheads, we're not mechanics, we feel like because we don't have that technical knowledge that our opinion doesn't matter, but it does. I'm so glad she said that. Yeah, absolutely. She's a smart girl. She is a smart one. <laughs> Tell me what what struck home with you from Jill's discussion. Uh, I love, I follow Jill on social. I see she has boys and I have for a few years watching them grow up is pretty cool. I love that she includes her boys in all of her content and having cars, family cars be such an integral part of being a mom uh, having her integrate her boys in all of her content and her opinions and her stories is key. Yeah, I, I love that too. And I swear it makes me smile every time she um, writes a story for us and there's a photo with the boys and they're playing in the car, around the car, they're sitting in the car smiling or they're hanging out of the windows or whatever they're doing. And it makes me smile too. Yeah. So thank you for spending time with us, everyone. Connie, thank you for being here and uh, sharing your interview with Tia. Thank you, Jill, also for being here and Tia for, for joining us this week. And we have more interviews with our writers for next week. And we've got some automotive experts coming up. And then we're also going to talk to women in the trenches of the automotive industry, motorsports, engineering, design, all of the different things that I never knew there were women doing these cool things. We're going to share those stories with you. If you have questions or comments, please email us, editor at agirlsguidetocars.com. You can leave a comment here or on Facebook. This has been a production of A Girl's Guide to Cars, produced by Scotty Reese and Connie Peters, edited by Stephanie Howard, music by Envato, available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere you like to listen. Thanks for joining us.